Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Hey, this is Eddie On from San Francisco, and you're listening to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. All right, so tomorrow, June 15th, it marks the date when Californians who are fully vaccinated don't have to wear masks in most settings. Now, some people are really excited about this big change, but lots of other people, they're not ready to take their mask off just yet. Yeah, it's just a part of my life now. And, you know, I think people feel that attachment because they've represented safety. Today, how people are feeling about the end of California's mask mandate. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Okay, so tomorrow, California is reopening for quote-unquote business as usual. And part of that is actually about ditching California's mask mandate. Carly Severn is a senior engagement editor for KQED. Fully vaccinated folks can remove their masks pretty much everywhere, with a few exceptions. On or around public transit, so we're talking BART, Muni, ferries, airplanes, also airports, transit hubs, that kind of thing. Also indoors in K-12 schools and childcare settings. This one has been a, a quite contentious and much discussed. Also healthcare settings. So if you're going to the hospital, you will be asked to wear a mask regardless of vaccination status. And also congregate settings at homeless shelters, emergency shelters and cooling centres. Those are the only places that it's going to be mandated. There's also still rules being worked out about workplaces, which might well require employees to still mask up. And of course, at some business like stores, they can keep mask rules for customers, like, you know, a little sign on the door. Everywhere else, if you are fully vaccinated, you do not need a mask.
And just to be super clear up front, what does the science say about masks and being fully vaccinated? It seems that medical experts think this is around the right time to do this. The CDC issued these guidelines back on, I think it was May 13th, saying that if you are fully vaccinated, the risk you pose of either contracting or spreading COVID is so relatively low that you can ditch your mask. That's why that guidance was issued. California, I should note, did wait pretty much a month to adopt that, supposedly to give businesses time to adopt and also to give people time to get vaccinated, really up those vaccination rates. But yeah, people seem to be feeling good about this from the scientific perspective. And I know you've been super engaged with KQED's audience. um, And so I'm very curious how, like when you started thinking about the reopening date of June 15th, what came to mind for you? You can go out on the street in San Francisco and you still see people wearing masks. So it really struck us that even though the mask mandate is going to be lifted tomorrow, is everyone going to ditch their masks? We were hearing some stuff on social media, so we just posed the question outright to people, people who follow KQED across social media. Are you going to continue wearing your mask from June 15th, even though you don't have to if you're fully vaccinated? And if so, why? So we asked people on Instagram stories, a little Q&A, asking people to participate there. We also asked on Twitter and on Reddit. And, you know, we did get quite a few people saying, of course I'm going to ditch my mask. Why wouldn't I? The minute I can, I can't wait to rip this damn thing off. But we did get far more people telling us, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep this on for a little bit. And here's my reasoning. All right, now let's actually talk about what what people were saying about this issue. What reasons did people give for wanting to keep wearing a mask after June 15th, even if they are fully vaccinated? They kind of fit into two buckets. The first bucket is medical concerns, concerns around health, the science. And the other reasons were far more social considerations, which to me is really fascinating. And so I really started wondering, this is what people feel, but how justified, how founded are these reasons in reality and the scientific evidence? Hello? Hey, Peter, this is Carly from KQED. How's it going? I reached out to Dr. Peter Chinhong, who's a professor of medicine and infectious disease specialist at UCSF. And I reached out to him because I've been chatting to him a lot through this pandemic about vaccines, about masks. One thing he's always really keen to talk about is risk and how we evaluate risk and risk relative to other things. The difference now is that people have to make that individual risk-benefit assessment or that risk-benefit calculus. So let's start with that first bucket of medical and science. What were what were people saying about reasons why they might keep masks on after June 15th related to that? One big reason that came up almost straight away was concern for children. So kids younger than 12 years old can't get vaccinated yet in the U.S., And some parents and caregivers, naturally, they're concerned about keeping their kids, other people's kids, safe from COVID, even as all of these fully vaccinated adults around them are taking their masks off. People are probably just uncomfortable about the idea of not having zero risk, even though everything in life is not zero risk. So I posed this question to Dr. Chin Hong at UCSF. How founded are these fears? And he said he really understands people's fears around this. But this concern about kids who can't get vaccinated, it's only sensible when you think about 
context. And he actually really wishes that there was more comprehensive guidance out there for parents and caregivers to make choices around this. I fall in this bucket. I have a nine-month going on 10-month-old, and it's it's hard to find. You know, there hasn't been a lot of research on, you know, children less than one years old. So what did he say um, that he was hearing from parents, and, and what does he tell them? So the first thing it's really important to understand is that the evidence shows, this is what he told me, that children under 12, they're far less likely to contract or transmit COVID than older kids and adults. So that's the fact that parents and caregivers are working with. But he's also very understanding about the fact that you can know that as a parent or a caregiver, and you can still feel uncomfortable. Right. I think the overall uh, feeling that probably people are having is that okay, I've felt so out of control for most of the pandemic. And this is the one thing that I have agency over. So I'm going to keep on wearing it, even though that risk in a kid is generally going to be small. His advice is that if you are feeling worried about the kids in your life, masking is what he called a very mild intervention. And that means that continuing to do it kind of has very few downsides. And and another thing he mentioned that's super practical is if you're trying to get your own kid to keep wearing their masks in outside and in crowds and indoors, it's a good way to model mask wearing as being no big deal for your kids by keeping your own one on yourself. So parents are just going to kind of have to assess their own risk and, and make their decisions. That makes sense. Um, what, what were other people saying about uh, the, the safety reasons or the science that they had questions about? Another big one that came up was concern for other people with health conditions. And so many audience members, even if they're fully vaccinated, they told us, I'm going to continue wearing a mask because I have a friend or family member who's immunocompromised or has some other health condition that means that like the vaccine might not be offering them full protection against the coronavirus. And other people told us this actually extended for them to wearing their mask in public. You know, they were thinking about strangers that they don't even know because you look at someone in a crowd, you don't know what's going on with them health-wise. And there's also people out there, certain communities who have not been able to access the vaccine yet, even though they really want to get vaccinated. We also heard from folks with health conditions who say they're absolutely going to keep masking for their health. And through the pandemic, people in the disability community have expressed this idea that their needs are not always considered or factored in to the wider conversation. So where others are focused on convenience, there are still so many people who are far more focused on not becoming very, very sick. One other big reason that kind of falls into this medical bucket uh, that popped up on social media, I specifically read it, was people saying, I haven't had a cold all the time during the pandemic, and I'm delighted about this. All of these little viruses I used to get by commuting, masking and social distancing have made me devoid of colds for the whole year, and I love it, so I'm going to continue wearing my mask. I don't want to call it a brawl, but a little disagreement, quote-unquote, broke out on Reddit because we posed this question... And so when this point came up about I haven't had a cold because of my mask, so that's why I'm going to keep having it, one person responded by saying, well, actually, the fact that you haven't had colds and been exposed to these other viruses is a bad thing, and you need that exposure for your immune system so your immune system can stay strong. Hmm. And it's one of those things where you hear that and you're like, I'm not a medical professional. I don't know what's true there. Is it true or is it not? Well, that theory about your immune system not being trained enough is kind of bonkers. 
I had to bring this to Dr. Chin Hong. And he told me that the idea that your immune system needs that constant exposure to colds to protect you from colds is completely untrue. Unlike COVID, many colds uh, also spread apart from droplets. They spread from fomites and touching things. There's not one cold virus. There's like 200, he was saying. So you can get exposed to cold virus number one, say, and you can get a cold. And this does not mean that your little immune system is any better equipped to handle cold number two or cold number three or cold number, you know, 200. The immune system doesn't work that way. So that was good to get a straight answer. Well, let's actually talk about some more of, of the culture piece of this, because we just heard about some medical and scientific reasons that people might be keeping masks on past June 15th. Uh, but what are some of the more personal or, or more cultural reasons why somebody would want to keep wearing a mask uh, after Tuesday? So this idea of social pressure kept coming up again and again in the social media responses. And I don't know about you, Devin, when I saw that, I was like, yes, yeah. I have felt that so much. <laughs> totally. because. I cover this stuff, right? I know that the CDC told me weeks ago that unmasking outdoors is a safe thing to do. And California adopted that. And yet, even when I am strolling the streets of San Francisco with my little mask pulled down under my chin, I feel like I'm seeing people's eyes on me, looking <laughs> at me being like, what's her deal? Why isn't she wearing the mask like we are? So I can know all the science, I can know all the facts, and I can still feel that social pressure. And it sounds like that's something that a lot of our audiences felt too. And some people told us like they didn't want to be mistaken for someone who doesn't believe in science or someone who was mm. anti-vaccine. They were worried about the judgment of strangers. But a really interesting thing that people said as well was that it wasn't so much that they felt pressure in a negative way, but that they wanted to use that mask to telegraph to strangers that they don't know, like the courtesy and care that they feel for the collective. That is a big one that I feel like a lot of us would connect to. Are there other reasons, like social reasons or just personal reasons that you are hearing from our audience that might be more of a surprise? Yeah, the issue of trust came up so much. This question of how can I know that someone's fully vaccinated? They might not be. What if they're lying <laughs> just to be able to take their mask off? I think it's kind of reflecting uh, at least regionally people's hesitancy to sort of dispense with the mask altogether. And when I brought this one to Dr. Chin Hong, he told me that, like, yeah, that's probably a big issue in other parts of the country. But in the Bay Area, where vaccination rates are high mm -hmm. and COVID case counts are really low, the idea that someone who is unmasked and unvaccinated, and you're worried about them, the idea that they have COVID is actually quite small. So in the Bay Area, not a huge deal. I, I personally always like being a little bit anonymous in, in many settings. Another thing that came up, and I find this one so fascinating, is the idea of anonymity and privacy and convenience, right? Yes. So we heard, especially from several women on social media, telling us that a mask actually reduced the amount of times that some random dude told them to smile or, or catcalled them. People felt that this idea of a face covering really granted them some element of anonymity. Also, as one Reddit user told us, strange men leave me the hell alone when I'm masked, which has been an absolute dream. <laughs> 
I mean, it goes without saying that no one should have to cover up their face to avoid being the target of street harassment. That is not a good thing. Other commenters told us that they appreciated this idea of like the sheer practicality of a mask. Like it literally covers half of your face. If you don't want to wear makeup that day, slam on a mask. If so, people really felt that was a plus. Also, it gets cold here in the Bay Area. I don't know about you. I really like it when that fog can't reach my mouth. Right, right. And, and like at this point, you know, people have been wearing masks for a year plus. Um, so there is that element that we've been doing it. And it's not like a completely different shift, you know, come tomorrow when, when you know, have, you have to decide whether or not to put it on. Like people who've been doing it have been doing it. Yeah. And weirdly, I think that this one didn't come up explicitly, right? People weren't verbalizing this, but I think this is the biggest unspoken reason for people wanting to continue wearing masks. It's familiarity, it's it's habit, and it's also this idea of agency and control. It's a little thing that you can do. So we've been collectively wearing them for over a year, right? I don't know about you, I'm so used to grabbing one before I leave the house. I have a little selection of masks just hanging on a little hook by my door. You know, I stick my fingers in my pockets and like a raft of masks come out because I've been stuffing them in there. Right, I have them in my car. Yeah, I have them in my pockets everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, it's just a part of my life now. And, you know, I think people feel that attachment because masks for the last year have, they've represented safety. Something I keep coming back to around this is the importance that when you see someone in the street, even someone maybe that you know, you don't know what COVID has done to them. We don't know when we look at a stranger the reasons that they would might maybe like to keep wearing their mask a little bit longer. So even though their reasoning might be the exact opposite of how you feel, I think this is an issue that not to sound glib, but just being a bit kind and understanding about that, it will harm nobody. Carly, thank you so much. Thank you, Devin. All right, so there it is. Some of the reasons that people are staying masked up after June 15th. Curious if any of these reasons resonated with you or if they change your mind at all about what you plan to do. Let us know on Twitter. We're at the Bay KQED. Thanks to Carly Severn, who's a senior engagement editor for KQED. And before I let you go, I'm going to pass it off to Eddie Ahn, who's a supporter of the show, who's going to read the credits. The Bay is made by Erica Cruz Guevara, Devin Kadiyama, and Alan Montecilio, with production assistance from Shaylin Martos. Isabeth Mendoza writes a weekly newsletter. KQED's leadership team includes Jessica Placek, Kiana Mogadam, Erica Aguilar, Vinnie Tong, Ethan Tobin Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. The Bay is made by your local public media station, KQED. I'm Edion, and thanks for listening to The Bay. Talk to you next time. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California, the land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.